Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 9th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 42 starting on the second full paragraph on the page with then they outlined the spiritual answer. Today's readers are Katie G, Rick, Devorah, Kim, and Katie F. The reference number for Monday, July 8th, is 4771. That's 4771. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marietta to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning, Marietta recovered from Virginia. 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admit we are powerless over food and our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to prove our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, thank you. I pass. Marietta. Thank you, Marietta. I will now ask Anne S. to read the traditions, please. Hi, good morning, the 12 traditions. Uh, I am Anne. I'm a compulsive reader from uh, Pennsylvania. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon LA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for LA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group shall be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or LA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, 
to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, LA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the LA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Anne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 42 and we're in the paragraph that starts with, then they outline the spiritual answer and program of action. And I will ask Katie G to begin reading, please. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them has followed successfully. Though I had only been a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic and meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. So good morning, everyone. This is a pretty loaded paragraph, as are um, all of the paragraphs that we've um, been reading. Um, so when I got to this point of the work uh, with my sponsor, um, she and I were reviewing, you know, okay, so am I, am I, am I really a compulsive overeater? Am I an alcoholic? And um, I like what it says here, you know, the proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. I mean, let's be honest, to do the things that I did as a, a compulsive overeater, to get out of this feeling, this constant feeling that I had of not being okay, you have to kind of be smart. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think any of us are pretty stupid. Um, I have been 228 pounds, 110 pounds, and done really extreme things. Um, so understanding the steps was not 
was not intellectually, you know, challenging for me. However, as it says, the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. And drastic means radical and extreme, likely to have a strong or far-reaching effect. So we're not just talking about putting the food on the scale anymore. We are talking about um, an entire psychic change, going from living in this place where selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my life, where I wake up in the morning and I'm all I think about and I operate my whole day. And when I got to this point in the work, I had had it so smashed home to me, the hopelessness of my disease, that I was desperate. And, I, and you know, my sponsor at this point asked me, am I willing to go through this process, um, with, which it requires a lot of work. It's a lot, you know, it's um, the steps four through, through nine are not for the, the meek-hearted, but I was desperate. I had no other choice. I was unemployable. I could not have relationships. And at that point, you know, I believed that things would be different. Absolutely. Um, and and at that point, when I made that decision with her, I knew I'm not able to stay abstinent alone. I'm not able to live a life that's happy and useful in the way that I've been living. I just don't know how. Like I had seen that both in abstinence and in and in my when I was active with eating and other substances that I don't know how to live my life and. It says I had this curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved. And relieved just means less severe, to stop feeling anxious. And it's true. When I got to this part of the work, I, all I knew is that, you know, with these heaps of evidence, having gone through from the beginning of, with the forward to the second to the first edition, reading about and understanding my illness and seeing the extreme places that my disease of the mind and the body had taken me, I just knew that there was no other way and that I had to try to have an entire psychic change. I had to have a relationship with God because I couldn't, I couldn't live. I was not living as a woman in a thin body. I mean, that was my number one lie, right? Like, I'm thin now. Okay, where's my stuff? Where's my life, God? Where's my stuff? You know, and I had to have an entire psychic change because when I'm looking for my stuff, I'm a hammer and the world's a nail and I don't know how to relate to other people. Um, so my desperation, again, became God's grace and I was willing to do whatever my sponsor was going to ask me to do, um, but I had to have it smashed home. I had to have it smashed home to me that of my own, I cannot wrestle this disease of the body. I cannot differentiate the truth from the false. It's false, this disease of the mind. And um, I'm grateful for that desperation in my abstinence because it gave me the willingness to continue moving forward to do the steps and have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps that I continue to cultivate every day through helping others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, it's Laura from South Jersey. Katie. Uh, Laura, Kim, I think I heard Kim. Was that you, Kim? That was me, yeah. All right, thank you. Laura, Kim, and Katie, go ahead, Laura. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Laura from South Jersey. Um, you know, I just wanted to share real quickly because this reminds me of what it's all about. It says it's a program of action. It's not a program of, you know, like Katie just said, understanding the steps for me is not enough. I have to implement them every single day in order to have the spiritual experience that, that's guaranteed by working the steps. And 
my disease is cunning, baffling, powerful, and, you know, really patient. I have to respect my addiction, and it's going to beat me down every time if I don't surrender one day at a time. And this paragraph reminds me that my old beliefs have to be smashed. I mean, I have to put my faith in God surrender my life and my will to him every single day and yeah it's a program of action and people say um oh it's a it's a there's a spiritual part of this program no for me the entire program is spiritual there's no spiritual part for me but the moment i make up my mind to go through with the process which i have thank you god for almost nine years now i feel the peace and the serenity that this program guarantees and i just love the reminder today and and with that i pass thanks for letting me share Thank you, Laura. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action. You know, this is a great teaching tool, not just for us as compulsive overeaters to recognize our powerlessness, but us recovered compulsive overeaters and how we carry the message. You know, it's a simple word, then. I looked it up in the, in the dictionary. It says next in the order of time, immediately or soon afterwards. You know, for years in OA, when I gave a beginner's meeting, I would tell them about the steps and I would tell them about having to make amends and having to give up their character defects. And they were like, whoa, 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 I just came in here for a diet. I have a wedding to go to and I need to get off 30 pounds. I, need, I have some weight to get off. I need to get my husband off my back. So what is the order? Why is it saying then? Because Fred had to know he was powerless. Fred had to understand that he was powerless and needed a power. And when he was at that point, then they outlined the spiritual answer. Then they told him about the program of action. Because that's the order we need to do it. If I don't know I'm powerless, I am going to do a a half-assed program. I'm not going to be submitting myself to all these steps if I'm not totally convinced that I'm powerless. So this is the order that we present the program, and this is also the order that we need to absorb the program. Because until we know we're powerless, why would we care? Why would we care? And it says, and man, I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. And I think of this in two parts. When I came into OA, I had to give up a lot of things that this diet was going to fix it and that self-help book would fix it. If only I got a boyfriend, I'd be okay. If only I got the right job, I'd be okay. All those human aids. But even when I came into OA and I was here for a decade and I had some long-term abstinence and then I picked up and then I couldn't get eight or nine months together, I had to give away some several lifelong conceptions when I fully submitted to the program of recovery, which is the big book. And that was staring at a food plan was not going to fix my disease. That was going to 90 meetings in 90 days was not going to fix my disease. That means getting the best sponsor was not going to fix my disease. It is a program of action, like Laura said. It's me applying these steps that was going to get me there. So both before OA and in OA, I had to let go of several lifelong conceptions. Now let me tell you, if what you're doing is working, awesome, keep doing it. But if you are not happy, if you are not joyous, if you are not free, if you cannot keep the food down, my suggestion is, is to give up those several lifelong conceptions, accept the program of action as written, as written in this book. 
And it guarantees you that if you walk through these pages, you will get to that destination, our goal, our aim of being recovered, meaning that the obsession of the mind will be removed, removed. You will no longer have to fight the food. You will no longer want the food. And if you no longer want the food, you will no longer pick up the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Katie, go ahead. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. <clears throat> but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. And when I got abstinent, I had been in OA for five years, and I guess six by that time, and um, been in relapse for a year. And I, you know, I really did want to lose weight, but at that point, I was so crazy in my thinking and actions that I really just wanted it to stop. And I didn't care what it took, but I didn't... <laughs> I didn't uh, think that I could eat all this food that my, you know, that my food plan called for. And that was a drastic action for me, was to surrender all the knowledge I had about nutrition and, and dieting and, and all of that and, uh, and trust. You know, my very first action was to trust that I um, was going to be okay if I ate you know, uh, a meal before I went to bed. And, you know, as small as that sounds, that was a huge change for me because I was such a manipulator. And um, that is what is drastic to me is trusting the other people who are going before me. And I believe that God puts those people in my life. And I had to let go of all of my own ideas on everything on how I, you know, manage my life and how I, um, all those lifelong uh, ways of dealing with um, my family, my work, you know, coworkers, uh, traffic, <laughs> you name it, and I have changed how I respond to life. But it didn't happen in one minute. It didn't happen overnight, but I did. The moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, which was to say, okay, instead of but, when I was told what to do, uh, that was the big change for me, is instead of saying, you know, <laughs> identifying out and saying how unique I am and you don't understand and blah, blah, blah about my petty little life and my problems and my situation, I said, okay. And I was willing to do whatever I was told. And I am still willing to do that today. You know, I have situations that I would like to just bail. I would like to quit my job because I want a new one. And, you know, wouldn't I have more time if I could just, um, you know, quit my job? Well, of course, that's a crazy thing to do when you have responsibilities. And I trust that I can... Uh, do what I'm told today because of my past experience with this. But when I first started, it seemed crazy. It seemed crazy to trust other people and to trust my higher power because I thought I was supposed to be able to order my life and to figure it all out. And I certainly thought that eating, you know, as much food as I was told to eat, I would never, ever lose the weight. I would never, ever be at goal weight, and I was surrendered to that fact. 
I was surrendered to that. It's like, well, I don't care as long as I'm, you know, not <laughs> obsessing about food. And that is the main, that is the uh, miracle. But the moment I made up my mind to go through the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Leia. Monica, and then Leah, go ahead. Good morning. Thank you very much. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are, Fred's story, and um, more about alcohol, more about alcoholism. Okay. So in the paragraph prior, he has um, he has come to two conclusions: that he is an alcoholic, and that he was licked. He was powerless. Then. They outline the spiritual answer and program of action. Okay, and the program of action is the steps, obviously. They outline the spiritual answer. Let's turn to page 98, where it says in the middle of the page, job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only, only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Wow, what hope. They're giving us what we need to do here. And so... He, uh, Fred goes on, he says, you know, he's thinking about it. He says, well, it sounds pretty sensible, but kind of drastic. And uh, he would have to throw away some, you know, lifelong ideas, some conceptions, self-centeredness stuff out of the window. And that thinking about that wasn't easy. But he doesn't stay there and trying to figure it out and, and all this stuff. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process... Here's his step three, okay? He's come to the conclusion. Step one, he's an alcoholic, and he's powerless, and he needs something greater than him. And here he says, I'm going to go through with it. And for him, he got some immediate relief. I had the curious feeling, eager, curious, eager to learn or know that his alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. So he's not spending a whole bunch of time here trying to figure out, understand steps one and two and three. He's come to the conclusion. Now he's made a decision. And they're telling them it's a spiritual answer. And that means it's God, it's God, it's God. I'm powerless. I need a power that's greater than me when it comes to this crazy, insane thinking of mine. And that power is God. And God can come in here and help me with that. And throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. And what is a spiritual awakening? That's what this is. A spiritual awakening is a personality change. Changing our attitudes and our way of thinking. That's the bottom line of all this. God comes in and helps change our thinking. So we look at things different. We react differently, you know? God, bless them, change me. God, 
Keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Leah, go ahead. Thank you so much, Christy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Very powerful paragraph. There's a lot in here. I wanted to focus on a couple statements. It says, then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a 100 of them had followed successfully. Um, who outlined the spiritual answer and program of action? Uh, those that had recovered, those that had implemented those same action steps, um, and they took the responsibility. That was their responsibility to teach the very same directions that had been offered to them and had been successful. Um, and that's exactly the purpose and the responsibility of those that are recovered on this line. Um, meetings are to carry the message. You know, there's a lot of detail in my life that might be very interesting, um, but that's not the point of this line. The point of this line, the chief responsibility of those that are on this line and those that are recovered uh, is to offer the newcomer an adequate presentation of the program of recovery. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. These men and women had recovered the obsession of the mind, which we've been studying uh, for weeks now. The greater aspect of the disease was driven out. It had been expelled. They were now ex-problem drinkers. Their problem had been solved. And remember, these were uh, low-bottom drinkers at the beginning of AA. And they, uh, you know, recovered, and they stayed recovered. They got sober. They stayed sober. Their families were reunited. They blazed the trail here of the program of recovery, and they had a message to carry, and they were very focused. They were very focused on, that, on carrying that message. Uh, that was their responsibility. And it goes on to say, uh, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. That was not easy. Um, again, freedom isn't free. Whether you're talking about the United States of America or you're talking about getting out of the quicksand of this illness called compulsive overeating, it is not free. There is a price to be paid. But I look at it as either, uh, you know, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I sat across from someone in whom the problem had been solved and the, the, uh, miraculous thing about that is that on one side I had the experience, my personal experience of almost two decades of a chronic progressive disease that resulted in madness and complete mayhem, and on the other side of the table was living proof of someone who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, so the program of action, yes, it seemed drastic because... Uh, you know, uh, I needed a new mind. I needed a new mind. No one was creating this pain for me. I was the creator of my own pain. No one was doing that to me. No one had the gun to my head and was uh, forcing me to, to uh, you know, push my fists 
down bakery boxes and, and, and cellophane bags for hours and hours and hours or to purge until blood was, you know, landed in the toilet bowl. No one was doing that to me, and yet I continued to worship my thinking mind and my ego. I needed a new mind. So, yes, the program of action uh, seemed a little drastic because it meant uh, I would have to have new ideas and new belief system. But, uh, you know, I think uh, gaining 100 pounds in nine months is drastic. I think purging over a toilet bowl, uh, you know, until your esophagus rips open, I think that's drastic. I think, uh, you know, spending hours in a car in a dark parking lot, I think that's drastic. Um, you know, this, this program of recovery um, corrected my thinking. You know, if my thinking was distorted, of course, my actions were going to be distorted, distorted and my life was going to be distorted. But through these action steps, my thinking got better. Therefore, my actions became better. And when my actions became better, my life became better. And that is the restoration of mind that this program promises. It worked on, in 1939 when this page was penned, and it works just as well today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. This is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, and this paragraph, uh, as others have said, is so rich. It's so full of, um, of information. You know, I'll, I'll just focus on the, you know, the, of course, the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. Um, it meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. And the first one that I had to throw out the window was that I could solve my problem. You know, once I had said, I can't, I can't solve my problem. I can't do this anymore. I wanted that more than anything. I wanted more than anything to be able to solve my problem. I wanted to be able to eat whatever I wanted and not suffer the consequences. That's what I really wanted, more than anything. And, you know, I... I sat in a way, you know, for five years, I lost 140 pounds and I gained 100 of it back. Um, you know, following, you know, the best I could do is create my own food plan. That's how it started because that's what my focus was on. My focus wasn't on the steps, you know, unless you wanted to say step one. I, I spent years trying to figure out what my abstinence should be. And that was my entire focus. My entire focus was on the food, one way or another. My entire focus was on the food. And I spun around like that for years. And even when I created a food plan, I, I came up with my own food plan, I couldn't follow my own food plan. I could not follow my own food plan. I mean, how ridiculous is that? That was, you know, it wasn't until I realized you know, for myself, I just said, let's look at the record, Christy. You are digging yourself into a hole that is deeper and deeper and deeper, and the walls are going to cave in any minute. Do you want help getting out, or do you want to just keep digging? Do you want to just keep digging? And I finally, finally, finally said, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll do anything. I don't care what it is. I'll even follow a food plan that's sensible. You know, I'll follow a food plan that gets me to a, you know, doctor-prescribed weight from the 300 pounds I weigh, which wasn't my highest weight. 
I mean, you know, that seemed pretty drastic to me. That seemed pretty drastic to me that I was going to let somebody else call the shots when it came to my food. And, you know, the minute I said that, as scary and terrifying as it was, there was also way deep inside, as deep as I could go at that point, the feeling that I was going to be okay, that I was going to be okay, that I didn't have to be in charge anymore. That I didn't have to try to solve my problem. That I didn't have to try to dig myself out as I was digging myself deeper, deeper, deeper into the depth of hell of this disease. Um, I, I let go. I let go and let somebody else, you know, reach their hand in and pull me out of that misery and pain that I was in. And, um, you know, I've never looked back. I've never looked back in that dark hole again and said, well, maybe I should jump back down there and dig a little deeper. Um, you know, my life has truly been saved from, you know, from that moment that I said I cannot solve my problem. I don't need to try to figure this out. I don't need to come up with yet another plan of eating that I'm not going to be able to follow. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph before we move to the next one? Rose. This is Janice. Rose and then Janice. Go Amy. ahead, Rose. Rose, Janice, and Amy. Go ahead, Rose. Thank you, Christy, uh, very much. This is Rose, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And very briefly, um, this last sentence, um, I couldn't not speak up in regards to this. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, the 12 steps, I had the curious feeling that my compulsive overeating condition was relieved as, in fact, it proved to be. And May 1st last year is when I made the decision to go through with the process. And what has happened is that, in fact, my compulsive overeating condition has been relieved and this um, year following um, the psychic transformation that's taken place in my own life is <clears throat> beyond anything, anything I ever would have uh, been able to imagine. So I just wanted to add that. Thank you, Christy. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rose. Janice, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Christy. Good morning. Vision for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, this this paragraph, this story shows me two things. Yes, it's showing me this program and how it unfolded in this man's life. But it's also showing me what those who had recovered were doing with this person. You know, remember in the paragraph before, two members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me, and they were the ones that were grinning, and they were the ones that were outlining the spiritual answer and program of action. And now, now he could hear it. You know, they may have been sharing their very own stories with him before. They may have been sharing things that were so like his own story, but now he could hear it. And why is it that he could hear it now and he couldn't hear it before? Well, the disease had beat him into a state of reasonableness. 
And I believe that's where we all get to. If you're anything like me, if you are a compulsive overeater like me, then perhaps the disease beat you also. Because it beat me. And I had to get to that very place that Jim got to, that Fred got to. I had to get to that place where I had to concede to both propositions, that I was an alcoholic and that I I was really licked this time, that I was a compulsive overeater and that I was really licked this time, that I could not do it myself. And, And what a wonderful place to be and what good information to have, that I was beat, that I didn't have to struggle anymore. We relax. We relax. And I think that's what Fred is talking about right here. You know, he threw those lifelong conceptions out the window and he made up his mind to go through the process. To go through the process. First step in recovery. I'm powerless. I need that power greater than me. There is, oh, thank you, God, a power greater than me. And now I'm going to surrender my will and my life to that power. And then, and only then, was I ready to go through the process. And that's the point at which Fred said he relaxed. He could feel it. He had a curious sensation that that the alcoholic condition would be relieved, was relieved. And it proved to be. It proved to be because he went through the process. And I don't know about you, but teaching this program of recovery, you know, we talk about teaching this program of recovery. Well, guess what? I believe the best way for me to learn how to do something is teach it to somebody else. And that's what these men were doing. They carried the message in order to stay in that place themselves. Because we cannot keep what we don't give away. You know, and... And that is why we share here on the line. That is why we read these pages. That is why we see clearly these members of Alcoholics Anonymous carrying the message so that they themselves could keep what they had. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And we'll go through the process. Each one of us, each one of us individually will go through the process. And that condition will be removed. It will prove to be removed as we go through the process. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Amy, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I, too, would just like to piggyback on the, uh, they outline the spiritual, an- they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. This program carries a message of depth and weight and it's our job, our responsibility for those who have gone before and have recovered to carry that message of depth of weight, the message that can save lives. And that is our responsibility, as others have said, and the main way that we stay sober and abstinent ourselves. It is a message of depth and weight. This guy didn't have, Fred didn't have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery all by himself. You know, he, he needed to be in front of people that carried a message, people that had recovered and took responsibility and had the privilege to be able to share a message about this program, this wonderful program that saves lives. And we should take that very seriously. I also scoot down to admit I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. 
Well, I don't know about you all, but those conceptions were laid in a pretty firm foundation of compulsive overeating. Everything was centered around food, how I could get my food, any insane idea or no idea whatsoever. My lifelong conception, number one, as others have said, that I could control it. But the other big one, too, was that thin was well, that if I could just hit a magic number on the scale, that if I could be thin, that I could look good, that the world would fall into place that if I could find that magic number and feel good about how I looked on the outside, that I would be magically well on the inside. I didn't even realize how sick I was until I first started coming to these rooms. And here is Fred. He's got recovered people talking to him about a spiritual remedy. You know, he's like, yeah, I don't know about some of this, but he made up his mind regardless. He was so beaten and pummeled by this disease. He said, the moment I made up my mind, You know, if we turn to how it works, it says our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. This is the message they carried to Fred. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these steps, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember, we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. You know, Fred had gotten to that point that it talks about on page 24 that he had two solutions left. Even though his life seems somewhat intact, he's sitting in a hospital bed with all willpower at his command, unable to stop picking up that first drink. And he realizes there's, one, there's two solutions. You keep drinking to oblivion, or you pick up the spiritual kit of tools that these recovered men laid at his feet. And that he had to make a decision to do that. He had to choose to do it. He had to pick up, he had to bend over and pick up those spiritual tools. And, had to, and that's the steps. He had to be willing to go to any length. And that's what we do. That's what I did. This program was a lifesaver to me. It was a life preserver thrown out into the ocean for me. And I had to decide whether I was going to take it or not. I had to decide, well, the life preserver's pink and I want yellow, you know. And that's not the decision that I made. I made a decision to go all in. The result was nil until I let go absolutely. And I had to take action. I mean, it's a terrifying prospect to finally let go of this this idea, this lifelong conception that the world revolved around me and it was my responsibility to control it and to let go of that is a terrifying thing. Can you imagine Fred saying to these guys, now what? What do I do now? You've convinced me. I have a physical allergy. I put alcohol in my system and I'm doomed. I also have a mental obsession that tells me It fights against me. My mind is a liability when it comes to this disease. What now? And they stand before him and they say, here are a hundred of us who have recovered. We carry a message of depth and weight that can save your life and not only save it and make you not want to drink anymore, to bring you a better life that they're going to talk about in the next paragraph. But he had to be willing to take the action to do it. He had to be willing to pick up the spiritual tools, the 12 steps of this program. He had to believe in a power greater than himself would restore him to sanity and that this program works. It really does, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. I'm going to have Rick uh, please read that next paragraph, if you could. Rick, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Rick. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. 
quite important was this discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been driving to a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it, even if I could. Well, here we go uh, again, Fred. These are, this is Fred's quote, and Fred is telling us that um, he discovered that spiritual principles would solve all his problems. He didn't say that uh, giving up alcohol was going to solve all his problems. Uh, compulsive overeaters, it wasn't putting down the food isn't going to solve all our problems. He didn't say the people that he met was going to solve all his problems. What he said was spiritual principles would solve all his problems. So he's telling us that the program of recovery gave him so much more than simply being sober or simply being abstinent. And it brought him into a way of living more satisfying and more useful than the life he had before. So this is what we find out when we work these steps. We don't really know what's going to happen when we start. But when we get through them or we get into them and then through them, we find out that there are benefits that we didn't expect or we didn't know. All we were promised is that things would get better and how they get better for each individual is going to be different. So Fred, a high-bottom drunk, had a pretty good life. And uh, so did I. I had a pretty good life, so things were pretty good. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop my eating. Well, it wasn't putting down the eating that really made my life better. It was getting to know some spiritual principles, developing that relationship with God. That's what the benefit was. And how that happens for each and every one of us, we don't know unless we pick up those steps. So I'll pass with that. Thank you, Rick. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Judy. Judy, go ahead. Thank you, Christy, for your service. Good morning. This is Judy, compulsive overeater recovered in Montana right now. Uh, these, this is the transformation. Through working the steps, I was able to have a spiritual awakening and live my life according to the steps, according to the principles. Step one, honesty. Step two, have hope. Three, a faith. Four, integrity, and um, and so and so forth. And having that, working these steps and continuing to work ten, eleven, and twelve, has enabled me to solve. God has helped me to solve problems and live in this world in peace, undisturbed, because I have the steps, and I useful having sponsees, being useful in, in, in my workplace, with my family. Um, right now, I am, I, I mean, I had no idea what benefits, what, it, it's like a totally different life. And so by working the steps, doing that inner work, coming to a relationship with God, 
my outside life got better. Before a program, I was always trying to make my outside life better, trying to manage my my food, my my fear, my career, and and I landed in a treatment center, alone in an apartment, wanting to die. And today, I'm standing surrounded by mountains, and it's just awesome. And that's how God has brought me. Is un- I never could have dreamed my life today. And that was first coming in, surrendering, listening to someone else who had recovered, who had come through the steps to a better life. I had no idea. And it just keeps getting better. That's what's so great. As I'm living steps 10, 11, and 12 and growing, it gets better and better. So um, I had a low bottom. Fred had a high bottom. This program is for everyone as long as we're willing and ready to go to any length. And the results are better than you could ever imagine. At least that was true for me. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Judy. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Uh, sorry, I did not catch any of those names. Um, who, who, who is it? Jana. Dana. Patricia, Dana. Let's just start there. So Janice, Patricia, and Dana. Janice, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Quite as important. Quite as important as the alcoholic problem being removed, he says. Quite as important. Because I don't know about you, but I needed first to put the food down. I needed that crazy thinking about the food to be relieved. And how was that going to happen? How was that going to happen? Because there was going to be a spiritual solution. There was somehow going to happen in me what I saw had happened to other people who had recovered. They had a way of living that was beautiful. They had a way of living that allowed them to practice these principles in all their affairs. They had a set of spiritual principles that they lived by. And it brought them into a way of living that was more satisfying and I hope more useful. More useful. And what happened to me is I began to feel a sense of belonging, a sense of connection, a sense of closeness to this power greater than me. But how did I live out that power? With, with you, with humans, with the other people living on this planet with me. In all my affairs, in all situations, under all conditions, I found these daily disciplines and in working the steps, a design for living. And that's what, that's what Fred is talking about here the spiritual principles that would solve all his problems were the spiritual principles underlying the process of working these steps. And it didn't happen overnight. And sometimes I stumbled and fumbled and bumbled my way along. But it got better and better and better. More useful way of life, a manner of living that I would never have imagined I could live. And thank God for this. Thank God for this. You know, we, we, I, can't, I could not go back 
I could not go back to that other way of living because this way of living is infinitely more satisfying. It's infinitely more connecting. It allows me to do the will of this higher power one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Patricia, go ahead, please. This is Patricia from North Carolina. I just wanted to share on the this basically the same thing about that all uh, the principles, the spiritual principles, would solve all my problems. And what I'm learning now is that I turn over my life to God in the morning, and I turn over my thinking and and I pray, but I, but I have to do it throughout the day. And I'm noticing that um, I'm only six months into this program, so it, it so my old the old conception still keeps on trying to creep back in, um, and I'm noticing that. I'm noticing it, for one, quicker, way quick. I mean, it's like, why am I feeling suddenly anxious? You know, well, I've taken my will back or I'm back in, into myself again. You know, I'm trying to solve problems by myself. Oh, yeah, I have God. I don't need to worry about this. <laughs> I'm just, and, and that's just the way my thinking does because this is all new for me and it's a new way of life because he'll solve all my problems. He does. And, and that's what I'm noticing that I don't need, these, these are not problems that I'm getting. These are challenges. You know, my disappointments are his appointments, and I need to go to him and ask what, what's the solution because I'm ju- he's just trying to grow me up. Because, see, I, I lived in a fairyland, you know, um, on page 60 and uh, 61 and 2 where I arranged life, and if everything would just stay at put, I would be happy and everybody else would. Um, I, I lived in a fairyland. that There was not supposed to be any problems. You know, I, if I could just get it right, there wouldn't be any problems. And, and seeing that and seeing the way I used to think, it's, so now when, when things arise, like the other day, we got hit by lightning and all kinds of stuff went out in my home. I mean, dead, like the TV and the, the pool pump and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, um, all right, God, <laughs> what's going on? And it was, it was smooth and it was, it, things got fixed and it was just so, it was just so like, okay. I mean, I would have really blew a gasket. Um, you know, before recovery, if this stuff happened, you know, so so he's working in such a manner that I am learning to stay humble under him and not trying to think I have to figure this stuff out myself anymore. My my analytical mind, you know, it tries to figure, you know, and it's and I have to put a stop to it. Because this, you know, it's a lifelong conception. So for me, I'm 54. This lifelong is a long time versus, you know, just the six months that I've been working this program. And so it's taken me time. And I just wanted to share that because this is a process and and life is so good. My worst days is better than any of my best days, you know, even seven months ago, you know. So this is good. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Patricia. Dana, go ahead. Hi, everybody. This is Dana, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas, but I am in New Jersey for the summer. So grateful to be on this meeting. Um, wow. I am. Uh, I just love that we spend time studying the book together and... Um, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to be in a position to um, study it with people, taking them through 
the book, um, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Um, you know, and the paragraph before it says, um, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, the process, what's the process? Those 12 steps that are very masterly detailed um, in the pages that are going to follow. Um, but we're just preparing. We're preparing us here. We're, we're trying to get to make those conclusions, steps one and step two. Right now we're on step one that uh, I'm kind of, you know, starting to drip irrigate the idea of needing a power greater than ourselves, which, by the way, I always like to share for those of you that are like me, when I came in, I did not have a relationship with God, and it kind of freaked me out that y'all were talking about God. So um, the good news is, is that it, it, you know, the hoop is a lot wider than you think. It's, it's uh, we're going to have another chapter coming up after this, once we establish that we um, really are powerless that this thing is going to have us licked and that we are going to need a power, a great, much greater than a human power, which means greater than me, greater than a sponsor, greater than a food plan, um, that we'll have a whole chapter that will be designed to help um, all of us, no matter where we are with the God thing, um, to be able to to make that step. So, um, but that, the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. It says several times in, in this book um, that it's about our way of living, our way of living, our way of living, not our way of eating, not our way of stopping eating, not our way of drinking, not our way of stopping drinking, our way of living, that this is a living, this is a program of, of changing the way I live my life. And it actually requires me um, in order to maintain this recovered state, to live differently than I lived before. Um, for me, like many of us that are on this line, um, to live different than I lived before in the program. And, um, you know, I was, I was reading the book with um, someone that I'm taking, one of the girls that I'm taking through the steps right now, and it reminded me that, and I think also someone on the meeting said something that really um, spoke to me, which is, you know, I, the, the people that I connect with in the program, those are the, that's the, they're not in the program, they're in the fellowship. There is no program to be in, there's a program to be working. Um, the fellowship is all of us that um, are either actively or passively um, uh, experience, you know, doing, doing this way of living. So, um, the set, there's the fellowship, which are the people, but the program of action is in this book. And, um, it's, um, you know, Fred, this is a great story that's teaching us, um, you know, about the disease and my old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. I can't go back. I cannot go back um, because to go back would be really to have, you know, if not a physical death, which I don't know that that, you know, that that's not waiting for me, but, um, you know, certainly a spiritual one. Before we talk about how to tap into the higher power, I have this as a note here, we must truly believe that we absolutely cannot beat this on the basis of self-knowledge. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Dana, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Deborah, will you please read a vision for you? Devorah, can you press star one to unmute your phone, please? Hi. Good morning. It's Devorah, recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is so sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot just transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.